Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're on episode 106. My name is Craig Prowls and joining me, as always, is Manji Wantamay. Yo! He's the Manji Machine. Get a rock your house. Stop being seen. You know, outside it's like crazy stormy that I thought it was going to be, or not crazy stormy, crazy cloudy. I thought it was going to rain for sure. And we you got feel the droplets? It started dripping for a little well, bit. Well, yeah, I know, but that's all we got was droplets. Yeah, it lasted baby seconds. We got droplets. I want driplets. <laughs> you little driplet. Uh, so before we get going, guys, uh, do us a favor. Hit like and subscribe on this channel here. And if you can, jump down below. Leave us a comment. Feel free to ask us a question that we can always answer on the show. And we like sparking good conversations with you guys. Um, if you want to, jump on our link tree, uh, link in the description. That's going to take you to all of our social medias like Facebook and Instagram. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, check out our new host, Anchor. And then from Anchor, it can take you to iTunes and Spotify as well. I mean, we're just kind of everywhere. If, you know, Wherever you want to look for us, you can find us. Yeah, but um, again, do like, do comment, please, because it does help our algorithm out, helps get our name out there, and the more we get out there, again, like this giveaway we're doing now, the more we can do and we love doing stuff like that. We do love giving stuff, and uh, speaking of fans offering us crazy stuff, uh, we have a drink of the week. Normally, it's a beer. This time, it happens to be a little homebrew, and we bust out the last call cups for special occasions. So, this one was recommended by Jeffrey Small, and it is a vodka and sugar-free uh, watermelon monster. So it's got that nice pink bright color. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot sweet. It is sweet as shit. I thought it was going to be way sweeter than what it is. But uh, I think you said you actually enjoyed this one. Andrew doesn't like too many cocktails, but this one seems to go down okay. It kind of tastes all right, but my taste is still like a little bit off. So I Take think what you will. It's like a little kind of sour for me, and I don't know if that's a monster. Maybe it's just the vodka that's not sitting well with like my tongue. But it almost kind of tastes like, um, specifically how they have like the Orange Crush sodas, the strawberry version of that. I think it tastes a little bit more like that, but I can kind of taste a hint of watermelon. But if you were to like just pour that into a random thing, and I didn't know what it was, and I had to guess, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know, Strawberry Crush. <laughs> strawberry Crush. So uh, the vodka that Andrew snagged was Sky <coughs> Vodka, and this is a uh, 40% um, alcohol in this bad boy. And it is, I mean, I'll, what side am I on? I'm on TotalWine.com, and it just says it's made in uh, California, United States. So can't go wrong with a good, Eat. nice, cheap bottle of Sky. <laughs> I didn't know that that was an American drink. I thought that that was like a European drink or something like that. Mm, the taste says crisp and smooth, so, I mean, it's definitely crispy, that's for sure. Let's just say it's not bad. It's good. I don't know if I would definitely, I definitely would not drink this all night because it's way too sweet. Yeah, it looks very festive. So thank you, Jeffrey, for it the does, huh? uh, for the submission. If you guys want to submit anything for us to drink on air while we talk about gaming news, feel free to just leave it down in the comments below and we will take your recommendation, recommendations. Recommendations. So uh, moving into a little segment we call What Are You Up To? This is the point of the show where Andrew and I talk about what we're watching, uh, what we're playing, any events we might have going on so i will go first and let you know that i just saw the movie uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings that is just, that how it's pronounced shang chi yeah well in the, in the movie his like when he's in america his name is um sean so he just changed his name from shang to sean and she kind of busts his balls about it for a little bit so it's shang chi i thought it was shang chi this i think well i mean on paper that's what anybody <laughs> would, would assume that that's what it is but uh this movie just came out on september third and um it's got a pretty good look i don't want to say a spoiler so don't mention that name for being in the movie 
But uh, Simu Liu, I think is his name, um, he plays Shang-Chi, and I know him from uh, Kim's Convenience. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. It's on Netflix. Nah. Um, so I like him as an actor, but uh, Aquafina is also in it. I don't really listen to her. I know she's a rapper, and I know she I thought she was a comedian. She's a comedian, she's a rapper, and she's been in movies like... Um, um, uh, Crazy Rich, A- Crazy Rich Asians. Did you ever see that? Did you ever see that film? I thought that was a show. Oh no, Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, it might be. I know it was a, it was a book, and then they it's a movie. I've and seen, it was actually really really good. I've seen some like stuff with it, like clips they pop up on like Facebook and stuff like that. So I mean, I know a little bit about it. Yeah, this is it's pretty much a like one of the first fully like casted Asian Marvel movies. And I gotta say, man, this movie it looks good. Is fantastic. It's um. So just a quick premise is that Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu, was forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. So the Ten Rings organization is essentially like his dad's group. He runs kind of like this big empire, and the Ten Rings is what he's named his kind of like clan. It's almost kind of like Rachel Ghouls and his... Um, uh, assassins, League of Shadows. Yeah, the League of Shadows, League of Assassins, League of Shadows. So the League of Shadows. So he gets these rings, and they're these kind of mystic powers. And essentially, you watch the movie, and it, it kind of discusses it. But I mean, this movie—if you've been looking for like a fast-paced action movie out of the MCU—it's close to kind of how like Netflix is like Daredevil and Iron Fist were, but finally like on the silver screen, like fully realized. Yeah, like it's got some really fast-paced action. It really dives into kind of like like mysticism at some point like you get to a certain point where like the magic and like the protected lands are there like so it's a really good movie i mean it I sounds believe, great yeah i believe it's like the 25th movie in the mcu so far it's definitely canon um in terms of like you should be watching the other ones with this one it's got two post credit really need to watch the second one it doesn't really give you anything but um, it's fantastic, man. I almost kind of want to go watch it again. So if you're looking at watching it, I would like to go with you. We went and saw it at Riverside on the leather couches. Oh, you're, you don't want to go to movie theaters anymore, do yeah, you? Yeah, I'll wait till it's on Disney <laughs> Plus and not fucking $40 or whatever they charge. But I don't want to catch COVID again, so I'm not going out. <laughs> so this thing checked a lot of boxes if you guys are interested. And it's got awesome fighting scenes and awesome choreography. So like the whole bus scene, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen that scene. And uh, it doesn't do it justice. It's fantastic. So if you're looking to just watch another comic book movie that doesn't suck, like in my opinion, Black Widow did, um, this movie is fantastic. It's a good origin story. It took something kind of like how Guardians of the Galaxy, where a lot of people didn't know who they were, and it put them on the map. For me, this put Shang-Chi on the map. I never really knew who he was. I knew of the character, but I never read any books with him in it. Um, if you're looking for something that does magic and mysticism, it definitely nails that. And it's got some really good comedy in it. Um, one thing I do got to say is, because I don't think it's a spoiler, but they kind of address that there's one point where the dad's talking to him and he's like, uh, you know, a name means everything. And the Americans took um, a, like my name and my power and they trans- changed it into what they called the Mandarin. Because if you remember reading the comic books, the Mandarin, which was Iron Man's enemy, is who has the Ten Rings. There were actually rings back in the comic days that had powers. So this kind of retwist on the story shows that that's what they were kind of basing it on. Of So I don't know, it was really cool that they addressed that because I always thought they kind of let down the Mandarin. But when you in retrospect, when you look at it like, oh, he's actually supposed to be the ruler with the Ten Rings. I thought it was a really cool um, nod to that. So go check that movie out. What? I saw a funny poster for this because uh, before the movie dropped and people were upset about the rings, there's a dude in Kung Fu Hustle who wears rings on his arms and that's how he does the combat. And someone took him and put it on the poster and it said like changing the funny. Ten Rings or whatever. <laughs> funny. So it's pretty funny. I like that. So guys, go check it out. And if you've seen it, jump in the comments and let me know your 
thought. So what I'm playing is I'm still playing Warhammer Chaos Bane with my brother. It was kind of like this isometric Diablo type game. Um, but more importantly, the game I just uh, started is, well, probably a little while ago, but I picked back up is Death's Door, um, which is a really cool game done by uh, Acid Nerve, which when I looked more into it, Acid Nerve is just a two-person team from Manchester, UK, who makes independent games with artists from around the world. So it's just two dudes that make this game, Mark that, Foster yeah. and David Fenn. So when I started looking at that too, I'm like, even more badass, because this is an, um, an independent game that these two guys jam out, and it's um, what they genre it is, is a role-playing game, indie game, action-adventure, shooter, and a fighting game. But um, the platforms is just on Windows and Xbox. So this is, you know, a good Xbox exclusive. Um, At least for now. Yeah. I mean. uh, so I know Andrew's been starting to play it too. So we'll kind of share this spot. Um, what were your initial thoughts of it? Because I, I, so far, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Like the artwork's really good. The gameplay's good. It definitely has like a Dark Souls vibe. And I think that's what I like the most. And what I really noticed it in, and at first it was kind of, <coughs> excuse me, annoying me that there was no map. But the more I was exploring, I was like, okay, no, this is almost like Dark Souls 1. Everything is so interconnected. You're doing all this shit. Then you get a shortcut that's kind of back to your hub world. It's uh, The map layout is almost like Dark Souls. So if that's, I know that's something that some people who originally like Dark Souls 1 then didn't care so much for 2 and 3 because they felt like the map didn't make sense. Try something like this if that's really what you're into because it totally makes sense. Like, I think it's great so far. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is if you guys missed what, like, the trailers that have been coming out is that you're this... Uh, crow and you're you're a reaper and you work for the reaping commission headquarters and your job is to essentially go collect souls bring them back so that things can cross but there's been three uh, giant souls that exist in this world that just won't die and essentially the main bosses that you're trying to go fight is the witch the king and this beast and right now i'm at the witch so that's like the first boss you have to go to i'm at the same yeah spot. it's got it's got a cool selection of 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 like weapons and magic because you can i just did you get fire yet no. Okay, so so you start off with this bow, and that's pretty much your range attack. But as it goes on, it looks like you're gonna collect different magics because to progress through these like little dungeons, you gotta solve all these puzzles. And the puzzles will be like you have to light something here, and then you have to re-break something here. So I really like the idea of how you're diversing into the dungeon and how it's gonna incorporate it. The combat is very, um, very nice, very smooth, very difficult. And I put an asterisk on that. It is challenging because Andrew and I are both playing it for, um, there's an achievement to 100% the game that you have to use the weakest weapon, which is the umbrella, to beat every boss. So I would assume we'd be going through this game faster, but when you play with a weapon that has 0.5 damage, yeah. um, it's a little difficult. So what do you think about playing with the umbrella? Like It's still doable, but it, makes, it kind of puts a new light on the game for me anyway. I'm just dodging everything, and I'm more using the magic arrows because you get those back pretty quick. All you have to do is just strike someone once. So I'm just getting in there, hitting the boss a few times, and backing up just so I can keep fucking arrowing them. Yeah. So I'm more going like distance as I'm trying to fight everything. And this game's getting really good reviews and getting high scores. So um, as of right now, we're getting close to the end of the year. I'd imagine that this might be in my top five for the end of the year. Yeah, so far I'm definitely feeling it. It mm -hmm. almost kind of actually made with the art style mm -hmm. reminds me of... Uh, the Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, mm -hmm. especially since we just got that on the Switch, that remake. It almost kind of feels like that, except for like a way, obviously, harder version that's not like a simplified or like this like cute world. But maybe just the art style or the feel of like traveling and going around and doing everything. It's almost uh, like 
if they took Dark Souls and mixed it with that yeah, game, I, I get that's, those vibes, what, yeah. that's what this feels like for me, and I'm loving it. Uh, the only thing I did want to point out, and I don't know if you caught it, is once you beat the game, I didn't read what the ending was, but I did read is once you beat the game, you can go back and do puzzles and collect certain fragments of something, and when you do, it'll actually give you the true ending. So when you beat it, there's a little more to do if you actually want the official ending for the game. Yeah, I see that. Or, I did, or we can I, just YouTube it and call it done. Yeah, I didn't look at a spoiler list, but I did look at the achievements ahead of time that weren't spoilery. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go back and do something. Nice. So the other thing I, that I've been up to is just that um, we played a lot of Magic the Gathering, and uh, there's a new set coming out, Innistrad, Midnight Hunt, and the pre-release is out. So uh, at our local card store, Wasteland, they've been doing it. Gino and Dante actually went today, where they're going at 6. I'm not sure what time. Yeah, so they should be there. So good luck to you guys, and hopefully... You know, by the time you guys are watching this, one of you guys won. My spot's actually for tomorrow at 3 p.m. So I'm going to go do that, and hopefully, hopefully I win. So um, outside of Death Store, what else have you been up to, my man? So I've actually just been diving back into Warzone. I've just been playing that a lot. Um, maybe kind of just prepping for the new game or whatever big changes they're talking about doing because they're talking about adding, like, a new map and everything. So I've just been kind of grinding on that and getting back into the flow of things. Besides Death Store, the only other thing I've been doing is I actually finished rewatching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That's one of my favorite animes. Catch me on the right day and I might even put it as, like, number one. If you haven't watched it, definitely check it out. It's all on Netflix and it's, like, an easy... I, w I would actually maybe even call that show... And maybe only because it was like on Adult Swim. A lot of people's probably like gateway animes too. So I think it's a good gateway for if it's something you're like, uh, anime stupid, all they have are like all these kitty whatever. Watch this because it's very like adult. It's very good. It's got an amazing fucking story. A very, very cool concept between science and what is and is not possible. And I I truly love it. I don't know if you ever actually watched. I remember Fullmetal Alchemist, but Brotherhood's part two of it or can you start at brotherhood and, and keep going so you should I, I was so you should just watch brotherhood full metal alchemist by itself was actually made before the anime was finished so they just took the basic concept of it and it's its whole own thing oh, okay. and it's actually kind of a big letdown it's definitely not as good i remember not liking it as much i was like ah, it's okay but it's, everyone says brotherhood is the one you want to watch yeah if you watch brotherhood that is Pretty much based off the anime the entire way, and that one is absolutely fucking rock solid. Rock solid, I love it, man. I yeah, I want to get back into watching more animes, and uh, that's one of them. I was I was talking to Gino yesterday about um, Naruto, and he's like, just start at Shippuden. Like you don't have to watch the first you could, one, even yeah. though you you should. I mean, but it's it's grindy episodes when you could start there. And I mean, outside of not knowing a few names, like so I like when certain animes can go and like have a new entry point instead of like Dragon Ball Z. You can start at Z. You don't need to watch Dragon Ball, it's although it's although it, it's yeah. flavor and it would it'd be cool. So Brotherhood's on my list, man. So thank you. It's funny you bring up Naruto because it does have so many episodes. That what I did was I just looked up like a non shit guide online, like a Kai and, version. Yeah, and so I just watched all the good episodes and anything anyone said to skip, I would just read it on Wikipedia and be like, all right, does anything maybe cool happen in here? If it does, I'll watch it. If not, pass. I was doing that with Dragon Ball GT. I started rewatching that on Hulu, and some of them, like so, uh, some of them, where they have to do the fights and like get a ball, I watch. But other ones where it's like, oh, they just pass through this town and save some people. Skip. You don't want to watch Vegeta go shopping with his daughter and God. talk shit about his mustache. <laughs> no, thank you. So, uh, anything else you up to, my man? Or is that it? No, that's it for me. Alrighty, guys. So jump down in the comments. Let us know what you've been up to and what you've been playing, what you've been watching, any cool trips you got going on. So 
Uh, with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main story, and that is that there are more game delays for delays, 2021. Delays, yeah, we almost delays. made it to the light at the end of the tunnel, but we got hit with um, two more, unfortunately, kind of back-to-back, -back, which the first one is uh, DICE and EA's Battlefield 2042, which was originally supposed to come out October 22nd, and it's been pushed back an additional five weeks to November 19th. And then we have Techland's Dying Light 2, which was supposed to originally come out in spring 2020, got pushed to December 2021, and is now being pushed one more time to February 4th, uh, 2022. So, I mean, they all, I mean, all these PR, they'll always put up a thing saying like, apologies, you know, we meant to get it out on time. But to me, it's just copy paste. Not that I have anything wrong with it, but like, I don't feel there's any reason to read it. Like, it's all the same answer. You know, we wish I had more time. The team's not ready. We want to give you the best game. So I'm not it's mad the same at those. Shit it's every just time. it was coming, yeah. Yeah, it's the same shit every time that I wish they would just be like, hey, sorry, you know, we're delaying the game. Don't make me read this post. Like, hey, sorry, man, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, they should just get a thing to stamp COVID-19 on it. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. But I kind of wanted to bring this up because, um, and Andrew and I are going to kind of dive into some more delays that have been happening through 2021. But I want before we get to that, I wanted to ask you, Andrew, which one do you think... So Battlefield 2042 is moving into November, and in November, you are going against um, Call of Duty Vanguard, which is on November 8th, and then the next month, you have December 8th, which is Halo. Do you think, I mean, Battlefield was supposed to come out in September. It almost had a good window to get its audience and get some foot traction. <coughs> now it's going in the same boxes as Call of Duty, which is literally its own, the same audience. And then you have Dying Light 2 that's moving into February, which is the same month Horizon Forbidden West is. Not essentially the same type of audience but still another juggernaut game so between the two do you think you will see any cannibalism of the audience and which one do you think is going to come out on top um i think that I, I i mean battlefield if anything the way i kind of look at it is too is they're delaying it not really by a lot and so that probably says to me that they're just trying to clean up some loose ends and the fact that they're willing to put it so close to call of duty and before halo means they're not scared they're not worried about what call of duty has to offer this year maybe they feel even more confident about it especially after seeing the betas which we'll get into and i feel very confident in battlefield and i haven't even played a beta or anything but the way they've talked about it from the things that i've seen I think that one is definitely... It might not sell more than Call of Duty. Right. I think it's going to leave a better taste in people's mouths. And I'm sure it's definitely going to pull fans and do good numbers. And as far as Dying Light goes, I didn't really pay the first one. I know that's kind of more your thing. So I don't know if you take this delay as a good or... Because they delayed it more than once. Or more... They delayed it more than one time, yeah, right? Dying Light 2 has touched three different calendars. It was supposed to be 2020. Then it was the end of 2021. Now we're looking at the beginning of 2022. And even though it's not much, to me, that kind of just like... Uh, like, you already kind of messed it up the first time. And now you still can't kind of get it right. And even though it's not a lot, it does hurt to have to... Hey, you brought it up earlier. It does hurt to have to say, okay, hey, it's just a month later. But now it's next year two yeah. months later but now it's next year yeah i'll pop some of these uh pictures up so you guys can look at it. i was just kind of looking at the windows that some of these games are going up against so like battlefield 2042 i mean you've got obviously call of duty but forza horizon uh 5 is going to be in there uh the new skyrim anniversary edition is coming out in november if that has new achievement i was trying to google it the other day because they even answered it if it has new achievements i'll jump back in i'm almost hoping if it, it does <laughs> if it does so will i and god damn it i don't want to I ho i'm hoping that it doesn't specifically so i don't have to go play it again yeah um the, one of the bigger ones though that i thought because i think this type pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl is the type of game that pulls 
every type of player to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, even if you are in action adventures or FPSs or RPGs, Pokemon pretty much pulls from every pool of the you know the gaming uh, audience. So that's another big one that comes out on November nineteenth. Is looking at. I mean, unless something's unless something's pushed it back that I just I haven't seen as of right now. That's what I'm looking at, but. I was also looking at Dying Light, and um, I kind of forgot Elden Ring comes out at the end of January, so that's going to be, I mean, and if Dying Light comes out in the beginning of February, Elden Ring is a game that's going to be huge and take a lot of time, so I wasn't even thinking about something yeah, like that's big like sure, that, yeah. that, could, that could push something like Dying Light 2 aside, so I mean, these guys do got stiff competition, where if they would have came out in the end of 2021, it was few and far between. They had nowhere near as much games that are still set to come out for next year than they would have had this year. I think Battlefield would still be okay with Pokemon because even if it was someone who plays both, like myself and a huge fan of both, it's easier for me to jump in and be like, all right, you know what? I don't have a lot of time. I could play 10 minutes of Battlefield and feel like I kind of accomplished something and did something, but you can't really play 10 minutes of Pokemon and be like, ah, oh, man, I'm fulfilled. Like, I, you know, it just the battles and the level everything up alone is going to take you at least an hour's time. Yeah, so, I mean, I, we brought this up because, I mean, again, it sucks to hear more delays, but um, we kind of want to take a different approach and just kind of look at... Um, we took five other... I mean, there's a tons of stuff that got pushed, but we took five games that were scheduled to come out in 2021, and we kind of just wanted to take a closer look at what, like, what the impact may have had on this year if the <coughs> games came out and if they came out ready. Or at least unbroken, like let's say Cyberpunk 2077 did. So the first game Andrew and I kind of wanted to look at, which is easily the biggest, was Halo Infinite. So under the assumption that maybe Halo Infinite would have came out and came out everything included, or at least everything included that it would that it's going to come out um, later on this year. Uh, Halo Infinite, man, if it would have launched in uh, November 10th, 2020, like it was scheduled to, it would have been the best launch console launch and provided game launch. it's a good game right provided the game's good ever i mean you would have looked at that and everybody would have signed up for an xbox one if you'd have been like oh day one i can get halo infinite and the series x like sign me up like that would have been huge the conversation i think would have been different as far as where people are like oh there's no reason to own an xbox one unless you only like um, the the fast getting in and out of the games the quick resume yeah the quick sorry, i couldn't even think i was almost saying like snap in snap out <laughs> whatever the quick resume but, yeah, it, the conversation, I think, would have been completely different, whereas others uh, might not maybe a reason on the PlayStation, but with the way Halo runs and it plays and whatever on this, I think that completely could have changed that conversation. Yeah, because we when's the last time, you know, we've even had a, a console launch with an epic game, you know what I mean? Because generally speaking, most of the good games come two to three years after the console launches, right? It gives teams to kind of gear up, get ready for the new launch, and then you start seeing the good stuff. If Halo would have came out day one with Series X, dude, you could have compared that to any other big launch system of all time, and it could have easily been the top of that hill. I think the last time I felt anything even remotely kind of like that is when the series, uh, when the Xbox One X came out, and Battlefield 4, even though it was already out on 360, this was the first time that they were doing like large scale, where you could do 32 versus 32, and you have the 64 players, and you're getting what the Battlefield experience is versus... Battlefield on 360 felt more like COD because it's like 12 on 12 or whatever. It's a lot more limited because you can't have that many people. And that's really the last time I felt something like that versus I, that's why I was kind of hyped for Halo. Like, okay, like I'll feel that again. Like, this is the launch experience. Yeah, I feel the launch experience that, that Xbox fans deserve. And, and unfortunately, they still didn't get because even later on, you know, now that it is coming, hopefully at the tail end of this year, you know, this game still doesn't have the co-op campaign and it still doesn't have the Forge. So it is kind of crazy to think that this game was scheduled for last year and a year later they still have two main features that are not going to be playable on this year launch 
And it kind of makes you think too, like what part of any of these are people just using an excuse like, oh, it's it's COVID, so it's not COVID ready, whatever, versus complete mismanagement. Yeah, I like that because that's exactly so many people, and it's kind of hard to separate, you know, the lies from the not so told truth of how much of it was COVID and how much of it did you guys stamp a date and literally never meant to stay behind it. Yeah, I'll tell you right now that, I mean, there's another game on this list we'll get to that it doesn't bode well for that because Halo is Halo. Halo is going to be fine even coming after Call of Duty, even coming after Battlefield. Halo is going to be good, but that, again, that's going to affect another game that's on this list. Let's, let's, that, just, let's just jump into that one. Let's do that one next. Okay, let's sure, see. sure. So that the game I'm talking about is Rainbow Six Extraction. So that new Rainbow Six game that isn't Siege, it's not that shooter you're fighting these aliens and doing these things and honestly kind of the more this game goes on that i'm seeing of it the less i'm really liking it to where had they shown whatever they showed before and it was ready to come out i might have given it a chance now this game just got delayed to january uh the start of next year so now when this game was supposed to be out ahead of all the big shooters it's coming out after all the big shooters so before you might have been able to buy this and be like okay cool i can play this game until whatever comes out but now call of duty battlefield and halo are all going to be out before this game that i'm not even going to give it a chance unless it's like free or something like that because i'll be so busy with all those other shooters i don't need another one that's just fighting like random aliens or doing whatever it is that it's doing on top of the fact that you already have rainbow six siege that's still going on yeah i will be busy playing other things yeah rainbow six extraction is ubisoft's big game and uh yeah it's supposed to come out september 2021 it's being pushed to the again the early part of 2022 uh like i'm just saying man do you've I mean, I get it if you need the time. Obviously, we're not here to, you know, to tear anyone apart from pushing this said date. Right. But this is the big window. Kind of what I was saying with, with uh, 2042 is that you had a chance to get ahead of all the games that we know are going <coughs> to sell. To me, it seems like Rainbow Six kind of has a bad taste in some people's mouth. This, if this game's good, will be a redemption. But you need to, I mean, the only people that are going to be buying this day one are the diehards you know the people that are curious are going to be playing other things there's so many other things to be playing from you know november to december with battlefield call of duty and halo that by the time rainbow six comes around who's going to pause any of those games to try out rainbow six outside of the dedicated right so i mean to me i mean rainbow six man out of all of the games we're going to talk about that was I, the most I, detrimental i think it's probably going to be the game that ends up hurting the most because the game that actually came out on top let's move into uh death loop which is the game by Ar sure, Arcane, yeah. which um, this game came out, and again, everyone was kind of questioning what this game was <coughs> going to be, but it came out and it murdered. But originally, this game was supposed to launch on PS5 in 2020, which that did not happen. It was supposed to then come out May of 2021. That did not happen, and it finally got pushed to September 14th, 2021. So it is out now if you guys have been interested in getting it. I actually, me and our buddy CN, uh, we actually just purchased it uh, today. I just downloaded it. Haven't got a chance to play it. But in the long run, it seems like this game could have fucking came out whenever it wanted to. Because outlet after outlet is giving nines tens and tens across of this the board, game. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to them, man. But it almost kind of compares to how the Halo launch would have been. <clears throat> if Halo would have came out day one Series X, game changer. If Deathloop, a game that is getting tens across the board, would have launched with the PS5. PS5 only two. Then, then now, instead of one console launching awesomely we would have had next gen launching almost perfectly two games that are one highly anticipated and going to sell and the other one a surprise sleeper 10 hit so i mean 2021 could have been legit if a lot of things would have stuck the landing but i mean what do you think about death loop <coughs> again i mean i kind of talk a lot of shit on this game because i'm tired of seeing it i personally didn't think it looked good 
and who knows maybe it's time for me to eat crow like i'll have to see what it is and it might just be one of those games that it's just hard to demo you know there's certain games out there that you can't really kind of show off the idea what it, death stranding was another one that's like that like all i'm watching this dude do is walk and walk and it's walk doodle. and there's people who love that game people who hate it that game's a little more divisive than this being almost like tens across the board this game seems to be unanimously loved so it definitely could have been again like i said with halo it could have been like that you need to get a ps5 if you can and you pay the fucking scalper whatever you have to play this game because everyone's saying this game is you know it's a 10 i think that's the first 10 we've gotten i i believe so for the ps5 um and i'm definitely can't wait to try it so by the time we talk next week hopefully i've got my hands on it and can talk more to it but sticking with how stellar ps5 could have launched uh the next game i want to get into is ghostwire tokyo by tango this game was set to come early 2020 or at least sometime in 2021 and is now being set to early 2022 and this is a ps5 and i think uh, i think it's coming to ps5 and pc but it's not going to be cross-platform with the ps4 so if this game <coughs> would have launched in 2021 uh, again, PS5 would have had a stellar year having Deathloop, and then it would have had, uh, and then coming out right after that would have been Ghostwire Tokyo, which to me looks fantastic. It's it's it'd be another reason to own the system that no one can find because it is an exclusive PS5 title. It's not it's not it's not it's not watering itself down with being cross or you know cross platform with PS4. Right, instead of feeling almost like an empty year because it seems like they almost really kind of had no like. You know, there are some exclusive games, but none of those big, big ones that they've kind of been touting and showing in their presentations. This has been another one of those games that was a part of that deal that was supposed to be, hey, this is why you're on PlayStation, get this, and then, you know, who knows if it will come to whatever later. That's besides the point. That now they're almost kind of filling up their 2022 year that I don't know if I want to say it's going to be like a little bit bloated, but we also don't know what's coming beyond that too. So if 2022 just ends up being packed and then 2023 is dry again, then it's almost like, okay, you had a dry year, good year, dry year. Like, is that going to be your whole, <laughs> yeah, your whole trend, the entire thing versus, all right, hey, let's try to sparse these things out so that way we have a good year, good year, good year, you know, maybe one, two, three big games a year, you know, something like that. Yeah, and I got to say, so the last game that we want to definitely talk about is, and you could kind of lump God of War Ragnarok with it because they did tease it, but it was Horizon Forbidden West by Guerrilla Games, which was supposed to launch holiday 2021. So we should, you know, theoretically it should have been coming the you know the next month or two or three and now is being pushed back to february 18th 2022 and man again i mean it kind of looks like ps5 was stacked because we have ghostwire and then you've got um forbidden west and you had death loop if if all of those would have launched in the same year i mean again man it would have been killer the year of the playstation yeah, yeah. forbidden west man if, if it would have came out would have crushed this holiday no no questions asked do you like that it moved though from a holiday where people would have been buying it for christmas moving it to february like doesn't that kind of seem like an odd placement for a game that's going to be like stellar and you want to sell mad copies and i would think that's why they generally put these kind of games near holiday because everyone's gonna buy it and you think it's gonna have the same buying power and sell as many units in february when people are then probably just gonna wait towards christmas of the same year Maybe, who knows? I mean, it's kind of going to be hard to say because this is one of those games that it's, you know, supposed to be like a must-play. And that's the thing is this game, while not having a multiplayer, I felt like was supposed to be like, all right, you have Halo, we have Horizon coming out this year. Whether or not you can find a console is, you know, that's the hardest thing right now too is, you know, we could say this, this would have been the year of the PlayStation, but it's hard to find a PlayStation, hard to find an Xbox right now. And who knows, maybe they're kind of banking 
on okay like we'll delay this we'll just let xbox have like you know all the clout whatever for the rest of this year and who knows hopefully by february we'll have more playstations and more people's hands to sell more copies of this game whereas halo is already free on the game pass across the board so they can't really compete with that sort of gamut and you can't really compare how many people are playing it to how many people would have how many potential sales that would have been as well too you yeah because it has got to be a hard decision for them to go okay we've got to push this game and we know what it could have done here now let's guess at what potentially it can do here but i mean 2022 starting off is going to be a powerhouse if you're going to get all these big big juicy games in the beginning of 2022 then i think it's kind of the that's the apology i want you know what i mean i don't need to read the letter of hey the game's getting pushed. The apology is the beginning of next year, we're going to have a ton of great games, and so far the slate is front to back. It's games from January with Elden Ring all the way to the back end of 2022, and then the games that we're already getting hinted with 2023 with like Spider-Man. So moving forward, I don't think there's going to be a slog. It's unfortunate that 2021 wasn't as good as it potentially could have been. You know, everything we're capping off, this would have been an amazing year. Right. But there's no doubt that 2022 is going to be stellar. And if you are, you know, a gamer that's particularly with what you play it's going to be hard to find a month that you don't have something new to play i mean it, everything just looks i mean quite frankly intimidating i think too that's the only thing i again that you bring that up is the only thing they really have to worry about is people are going to play forbidden west but that's also coming out after elden ring and if elden ring turns out to be the next big thing like sekiro like bloodborne like dark souls was you know that huge monumental you know experience changing game that's yeah, a, a 10 that's this is what video gaming is this is what we can do this is how you build a fucking world and then maybe forbidden west doesn't live up to that hype and it's you know that's the thing if it came out before it it is what it is whether it's good or bad you played it first and you had that experience but if you come off a game that uh, like elden ring again that could be possibly monumental and it does turn out to be this fucking thing now that is the game that's on the pillar and everything you're playing after that you're comparing to it so whether even if it's good and let's say it's like a nine it ain't the 10 that elden ring was yeah and that that short of time too you know from the end of january to february 22nd within 20 days no one's that uh, dark souls have always been that game that most people go back and play Sekiro, go back and play you're playing that for more than 20 days so that's definitely going to eat up some of that time and elden ring is only next gen right it is not as PS4. far as far as I know, I believe that it's only okay, next because one of the other things I hope we're done with after twenty twenty two cross platform is cross platform you for know sure. backward generations because Horizon easily could have been because you got to assume some of what is slowing the progression of these game developments is making them across the board for every platform because um, I mean Horizon to me looks like it is going to be I mean I can tell there's a little more next gen in it as soon as you see the underwater scenes and she's swimming around you go oh man you couldn't have done that in the know. last one the new one looks Mario good. did that in sixty four so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with horrible mechanics but i look at a game Fuck, like god of yeah. war that's still scheduled to come out when i was looking at it and i think i forget what podcast i kind of heard them mentioning it but the more i thought about it, i'm like yeah i think they're right is that god of war even though we know it's going to be you know coming out later on it doesn't to me look next gen it looks like part two of god of war ps4 2018 like nothing i was looking at looked like oh man god of war looks next gen it just looks like oh there's the sequel and I'm just really hoping that after 2022, we start making exclusive games for the next-gen systems. I get they don't want to leave anyone behind, but, like, we got to start moving forward. I kind of want to speak to that if we have a little time. I'm sure, yeah, let's, let's roll it. That I was actually reading this thing that um, they came out and they said that, uh, I think this is the director of God of War 2 said, this game is only going to be a part two. There's not going to be a three. That's going to be the end of it. 
And he said it's because we don't want to tell this story over the course of 15 years and take 15 years to tell one story. We want to do it in whatever sort of time. So I don't mind that it doesn't look next-gen, provided you make it look better than the last one did. Obviously, some upgrades. It doesn't have to completely blow me, blow me away, provided the story is good. And I kind of like that idea of why does everything have to be... It's almost like the Yakuza approach. You know, They have one almost like every year, every other year, mm-hmm. and it looks a little bit better, and it plays better. And as long as the story and other limits are being pushed, I'm fine with that. It's like the Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask. I would rather have more and good stories than have to wait... 15 years, you know, let's say God of War, they really wanted to push the boundaries and do all these things. Do you really want to wait another two until 2024 just to get the middle part of this story and then wait another five years just to get the end? You know, 15 years, imagine yeah, that. that's wild. You wouldn't be getting the end of this story <clears throat> until I'd be 40 years old. <gasps> and I would rather have that sooner than later. Yeah, um, it's 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 crazy to wrap your head around because I get where they have to come at it from a business point. I get right. they, the job for them is to sell units <coughs> and make money across the board and that makes system but with all the like the ter- the terminology they keep using with like you know and how much they backtrack with the whole i gotta upgrade this or i gotta buy this version or do this and that it's like i'm just done do that with every other game if you want but when it comes to these like tentpole projects the big big game the sellers the triple a big triple a titles the golden gooses i need them to be next gen and we need to move forward like i didn't buy a ps5 I didn't sell my PS4 to buy a PS5 when I every game that I bought it for, I could have just played on my PS4 and literally waited two more years and got a PS5 when it actually mattered. But I don't know. I guess that's kind of my two cents on it. And uh, Maybe we're just entitled because we, we were able to get a console. I know there's people out there who can't get one. I don't think it's as hard as people say it is, but... I mean, it is what it is, man. So those guys were the five big games that we thought would have completely changed 2021 had they came out. There's tons of other stuff. Far Cry was earlier in the year instead of October. Um, you had um, Hogwarts <coughs> Legacy. You had Gotham Knights. So there's a tons of other stuff. So if you guys had a game that you were really hoping would have came out in 2021 and got pushed, uh, leave it down in the comments and let us know. So with that done, guys, we're going to move into a riffing it up, up, up. You want me to go first or you? Uh, go ahead and tee off, my man. So me, I actually got some time to play the Vanguard Call of Duty, of course, the new Call of Duty, and I have to say that I actually do not like it. And I've got my <laughs> reasons for it, and I mean, you may love it. I I'll, for, I mean, I'll say that it, it ran well for the most part, not graphically, but as far as just <laughs> being able to run around, I wasn't getting stuck on things. It didn't feel like Cold War where I'm just like lagging all over the place. It didn't run like shit. And I actually kind of like the map design. I didn't feel like any were particularly like memorable, memorable. But if you describe the map to me now, having only played it for a few hours, I definitely tell you, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because it stuck that much in my head. But the reason I don't like it is there's a couple here. Well, one, and I think they should honestly delay this game, especially if there's going to be an issue. There's really bad graphic problems. Like I was playing at one point and I couldn't see anything because it just started flashing white, purple, and green everywhere that if I was like an epileptic person, I would have had a fucking seizure. Like it was really fucking bad and it gave me like a super bad headache like just from looking at it and I'm like, what the fuck dude? Like I can't see anything, can't do anything. I just have to wait for somebody to kill me and hopefully maybe that fixes the issue. (laughs) The sound design again is like Cold Wars. Like it's not like Modern Warfare 2019. It's like it's not good like it just sounds like you're shooting a fucking airsoft gun or like it sounds like popcorn's being cooked the weapons didn't really seem like they were balanced 
I could be across the map shooting at somebody with an AR and assault rifle that's meant for that, and they're out shooting me and just hitting every shot with a submachine gun. And so I just stopped using the ARs altogether. I was using a submachine gun, and I'm just fucking people up. And so it didn't really seem like it mattered which weapon you're picking. And I think the most annoying thing about this game was that the snipers are one-hit kills. And I guess that sounds good to some people, especially people who like to quick scope now they're like montages and shit. But I thought that it really just made people camp more because you don't have to hit anybody in the head. You could shoot them like in the lower yeah, gut and kills, you're instantly dead, kill. especially playing games like Search and Destroy. I can't even get from A to B risking it because I could run, try and slide, whatever. If you hit me in the head, it takes a skill to hit me in the head. I get that. But someone's hitting me in like the fucking leg and I'm just falling over dead. And I'm like, it's stupid. I can't even get to the other bomb point I'm supposed to defend because they're just fucking guarding the lane right there running right off the bat and my biggest problem was i just felt the time to kill was way too fast i know people said it feels like modern warfare 2019 but i don't think so for me <laughs> i just fucked. felt like instantly as soon as you're getting shot you're fucking dead like it's so hard to turn on people it doesn't really give you a chance even if it's like across the map man i found myself trying just to even slide to get away or get a get around a corner and i'm just already dead it was just so fast and again i think that comes down to it just felt like the weapons were so imbalanced like it didn't matter what you were using it was just it's all just a kill slaughter fest so it doesn't fucking matter yeah what's unfortunate is that i've been hearing a lot of reviews and reading reviews that this call of duty isn't the one everyone's been wanting and the i what it sounds like is the only thing that's going to save this thing or at least make it not as bad as what i think a lot of people are, are saying that it is is this storyline better be killer like is this this campaign better be awesome because if the multiplayer is having this much problems and from everything i've been reading it's a lot of people are saying it's okay then this literally could be one of the worst call of duty launches that they've ever had i'll tell you right now that the only reason this game is going to sell it sells because it's call of duty it's not even going to be the story and it's going to be the same thing as cold war is it's going to be warzone because warzone is still a juggernaut i love warzone i think Warzone's great for what its problems are and they try to kind of do whatever it is that they can <clears throat> but once they integrate these weapons from Vanguard into Warzone just like they did with Cold War if it's going to take me four hours to level up my gun here but if I have Cold War I could level it up in an hour and a half and have it ready to go so that way I can get back out there and start killing people I'm going to have to bite the fucking bullet because I don't want to spend you know my time is valuable especially with all the games I have to play and everything I have to do I mean we're going to get this regardless because we have to as an obligation to the show but if I didn't, I definitely would not be buying it. This it definitely year. makes it easier to chew on that it's only going to cost us 30 bucks. Yeah, I could pay $30 and live with a game that's kind of upsetting and just like, okay. Versus if I had to pay full, I can tell you right now, if I was not doing this show, I would not buy this game. Yeah, and the other thing in this game, they've already said how much it's going to cost. I forget the storage unit amount, but it's already going to be a huge fucking game. On top to of Warzone. Even put, even put on to your you know Xbox or your PS5. But um, I... What sucks is I, on the PS5, when the alpha was out, I got to play and got to play some of the test modes on that. But <coughs> for the beta, which I tried today to play, I kept getting an error all day. So I didn't even get a chance to play it yet. And I think it's supposed to run till the, tomorrow. So I had, it, the whole beta was down today, or at least for me it was. They had weird verbiage and kept saying 24 hours and then it's going to be down and then it's going to be like open or something like that. So I don't know if it's going to be open this weekend for Xbox. I've seen it say that it is. I've seen it say that it's not. So definitely try your luck and let me know what you think. Maybe I'm overreacting, but 
Yeah, so because this game does come out next month, so hopefully anything problems that they have, they can actually get that fixed. I'll tell you right now, this feel the, playing this game, I like the map design more, but this game playing it felt worse than uh, Cold War. Oh, that's saying something. So, I really didn't like Cold War. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play it, so I can't really speak to it. Is there anything else you want to add on that? No, nah. I think you hit. I mean, you, hit, you checked all the boxes. <laughs> so uh, my riff, guys, is that. Um, there is a thing called game hoarding, and that is when people pretty much just stack their house and never throw shit away. And the subtle difference is, there's a difference between collecting stuff. I have a game room, Andrew has a game room, Gino has a game room, but there's people that hoard, and you know people that do this, whether it be newspapers and shit, take, you know, knickknacks they don't throw away. But there's a group on YouTube, and uh, the channel is called Cheap Finds Gold Mines, and what they do is they kind of look... There's a lot of channels that do this. They go to Goodwills, they go look for um, yard sales, and they try to find, you know, diamonds in, in, in a pile of shit games. But what happened was, <laughs> these guys um, actually came across this house that was about to be demolished. The, um, the person in there, I believe, passed away, but their reason for hoarding was, I guess they lost someone close to them, and after that, they decided to hold on to everything that made them feel good. They were a gamer, so... This place was about to get demolished, and before it did, these guys had a chance to go in there and kind of look around and see if there's anything worth collecting, and it wasn't just them. I think there was a group of about eight of them that went to go do this, and what they ended up finding was over $100,000 worth of Damn. like vintage games and like hard-to-find and collectibles, and between the eight other people, this particular team walked out with 20 grand in terms of what they could sell and what they could get rid of, but... The place was uh, was dog shit. I mean, it was literally cockroaches, rat shit. I think the girl, um, she ended up getting bit by a brown recluse. And I think the dude ended up getting like scabies or something on his leg. So this was like run down fucking house that had a bunch of shit. So this article. Well, I definitely wear pants and like duct tape. Like, dude, my legs yeah, I'm, wearing, I'm going in there with the HVAC suit. But <laughs> Kotaku had a report on it. And I'll leave the article um, link in the description. But I'll just read this quick little uh, part right here that says. Um, there were other games scattered about the home among the cockroaches and sealing decay, but the pair were mostly only interested in factory sealed finds, so they passed on probably hundreds of already opened games. They did make exceptions for gems like PS1 Tomba, but also weirdly the bad PlayStation 3 port of Bayonetta. In any case, Amy notes that she can deal with a little bit of mouse poo to acquire some good games. During their spelunking, Amy was bitten by a brown recluse spider, and Corbin was pretty sure he got scab scabies, scabies on his leg. But the pair more than made up for their trouble in unearthing tons of PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, and Nintendo GameCube games. Shout out to F-Zero GX, as well as as well as stacks of Game Informer magazines. So, like I said, they walked out. They found over a hundred thousand dollars of of rare shit that they, and that's all, only what they kept because. There's a three-part video, so if you guys do want to find them, they, they kind of document the whole case. Of I, I'm definitely going to watch and check it, Yeah, out. it looked pretty badass. I didn't get a chance to finish it. I think only two or... All the parts may be up, but one of them, they have like these notices on them saying, you know, if you're squeamish, there's you're going to see some gnarly shit in these houses. So, you know, it's not for the uh, the faint stomach, but I was, I was kind of asking Andrew before this. I'm like, if we were digging through like a house that had some games or something, like what would be some shit that you would like to find? Because I know... When I used to work at this place called Game Exchange, a lot of this shit used to come in, and I just never got it when it was dirt cheap, and I wish 
I did because I've seen a copy of copies uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day in like mint condition. I was looking it up. It's going for a thousand bucks. Um, that would have been cool to find that I that I could have had at one point. But there's other things like a sealed copy of uh, Super Mario Brothers 1983 is going for thirty thousand. So I mean, who knows what you could ever find in these places that like could have been wiped off. They they were saying that everything was just going to go to a dump. And they were going to demolish the house. So it takes guys like this to find this because they were even writing in the or saying in the article, like, I'm glad we were just a part of this historic moment. Like this stuff could have been lost in time yeah, forever. Really and they cool. found over $100,000 worth of stuff. So what, what's something you would think you would have liked to have found if you're ever going on, on this uh, this uh, voyage? Well, actually, on the thumbnail, I think they had like a, a thing of a Wind Waker that you could see in there. And that just made me instantly think GameCube. And so the first thing in my mind would have been Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. That's one of my favorite games of all time. I think it's you, you actually made me play it, and I I do love it. I still like sixty four a little better, but like that game was fantastic. Yeah, an amazing game. And I and after talking about it, I looked up a sealed copy. So if you have like a sealed, send it out to get graded. It goes for about like four thousand dollars. But even just getting an open copy is pretty expensive. It's like ninety dollars to hundred dollars is more than when the game came out. So I used to have a copy of mine. I have no clue where it is now, but that is. A game that I would love to have, maybe hanging on the wall like these comics or something like that. Especially once it's graded, that would be pretty yeah, badass. That would that would be fucking stellar. And uh, again, man, I'm looking at it. I read the article. And I'm like, dude, how lucky would it be to just kind of stumble across these things? I mean, it's unfortunate like for a the guy. Halo Two, but dude, any Google? of those things, man, would just be gangster to find. But um, jump in the comments, guys. Let us know if you do have something that's super rare. I mean, one of the things I like the most is I have a almost mint condition copy of super mario rpg that i wouldn't trade for anything in the world so it is kind of cool when you do find those things and the fact that they found you know the hidden gems of all gems is, is i think exceptionally cool but uh we are going a little long on time so unfortunately divine anchor your question we will answer next week i promise you that my man but before we leave guys we are giving away an xbox series x all day so if you guys are interested in knowing how to enter and how to win uh here's a quick segment that will tell you just that hey guys this is craig with last call productions here to tell you about the last call gaming giveaway for the xbox series x that we're going to be doing on this channel but there's a couple of things you need to know in order to win it first you must be subscribed so if you're on this channel if you're listening to this right now drop down and hit that subscribe button the second thing is that this is going to be running on our last call gaming show that we do every week the contest is going to start from episode 105 and it's going to run all the way to 112. 112 will be your last chance to enter the contest because on the following week on episode 113 that is when we're going to announce the winner. Now to enter you must leave a comment in each episode that says hashtag last call X. That is going to be your valid entry into the contest. Now what we're going to do is we're going to pull one name out of each episode from 5 to 12 and put those names into a hat. And then on episode 113, we're going to pull one lucky winner that's actually going to win this Series X. Now, this contest is going to be open for everyone. All countries are available. If there is any issue, um, please feel free to email us at lastcallproductions@gmail.com. Or you can leave it in the comments down below for any questions and we will get back to you and let you know for sure. The only hiccups may be shipping or anything that might uh, prohibit us from sending it to your region. And as always guys, good luck. 
All right, guys, that is the giveaway for the Xbox Series X. Make sure you follow all the rules to a T because that is how you will win. And with that being said, guys, this episode has come to a close. So until next time, my name is Craig Prowlis. That is Manjumont Tamer. Cheers. See ya.